When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back into the Auburn Live Football Show. Appreciate everybody for joining us. I'm Justin Hokinson. With me, as always, is Cole Pinkston. Cole, what's up, man? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, allergies are back, so forgive me if I have to hit the mute button a few times. But, uh, you know, other than that, just stayed up all night trying to get through the end of this game on the play script as well. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Um, brutal one. Um, all right, let's jump into that real quick before we do. As always, quick shout out to our main sponsor of the show, Session Cocktail in downtown Auburn. Go give them a shout. Go go check them out. Go say hey. They're right there on Magnolia Avenue, right next to Taco Mama. Um, they got a brand new menu. Um, they have some great happy hour drinks from four to six. Um, just a really cool vibe. Good environment. Great place to be on this Saturday. You got a late game. You got a 6 p.m. ESPN game against Ole Miss. Get in town early. Um, go by there in the afternoon. I don't know what time they open. Generally open a few hours before the game, something like that. Go watch the game if you're not going in. Um, have some drinks. So go check them out. Session cocktail downtown Auburn. They got some of these hats. So this is a hat from Session. They they have. Um, they just got in a bunch though that are blue and the white right here is orange. So this is kind of their logo, which is a drink. That's orange, and then it has a little, a little, uh, a few words on the back right there that are orange, but it's a blue and orange hat. So go by there and check them out, and get you a hat, get you an orange and blue hat from Session, um, and tell them that uh, Auburn Live sent you. Um, all right, Cole. <clears throat> I was in Baton Rouge. Um, great environment. Great environment. I'll say that. Um, they do it. They do it well. That whole stadium, that whole place is is um, phenomenal. I mean, just the way they've like finished the the way the outside of that stadium has a finished look, and they have kind of different pavilions and, and just finished areas outside. It looks amazing. Um, makes me wish Jordan Hare Stadium was more finished on the outside, um, and and some different things like that. But yeah, the the stadium is is awesome. It's huge, obviously, hundred two thousand people. But I just I love the, the the way it's it's um it's finished and just kind of the areas around it. Um, it's really nice. Um, and uh, and uh, pregame was awesome. I mean, it's just a cool place to go to a game. I mean, they 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 do it right. Man, Garth Brooks gets them lit. You <laughs> play call in Baton Rouge, and that place goes crazy. Um, yeah, they did it a few times, huh? Gets me lit too. I can understand that. <laughs> I mean, it, they start they, they they dial up calling Baton Rouge, man. That place like goes from zero to ten if it's not already there. Um, and then the game started, man. Um, and what a what a disappointing, frustrating, um, demoralizing Saturday night in Baton Rouge. Um, you know, that line crept from, like, I think it opened at 14. It got down to, like, 10 and a half by game time. Um, 
And uh, I think most people thought Auburn was going to go in there and compete. I certainly did. And uh, they did not. Unless, 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 you know, concerned about the loss, LSU was going to win. I predicted, you predicted, LSU would win the game. I thought it would be the double-digit game. Um, LSU is just really they're, – they're really talented, and that's a tough place to play on the road. Um, I'm less concerned with losing the game as opposed to the way that game started. And I would say the way the game, the whole game went, because the second half was pretty pathetic too, to, to give up four touchdowns on four possessions and just get shredded in the second half as well. Um, but the first quarter, to have two weeks off and come out and that's your first quarter was shocking to me. I did not see that coming. I knew that was going to be a tough environment, but I also thought with two weeks to prepare that Auburn would have not just have a solid game plan, but that the players would have confidence in that game plan because they've had time to prepare for it. And uh, I thought they would come out in a lot better shape in that first quarter. And, um, I mean, LSU, like Swiss cheese, goes right down the field and score scores. Mm-hmm. Auburn comes out, nearly commits two penalties and a bad snap on their first drive. And at the end of the first quarter, it's 17 to nothing. And you've been outgained 216 to 45. That's what was most shocking to me was, you know, we had somebody on a board who was like, did we even practice this week? And I know they're half joking, but the fact that you're making that joke when you had two weeks is uh, <laughs> is bad. So I don't know that that was that's my biggest takeaway. I mean, there's a lot of things that went wrong. It's a lot of the same stuff we've seen. There's nothing new that like we didn't see anything new out there that we haven't seen in terms of why things went wrong. But the start and the lack of a game plan and execution of it. And I even wonder about the game plan because the first two drives of that game for Auburn offensively looked completely different than the third drive and some of the drives later on. And um, I just don't really know what they were trying to do. I mean, you've got the worst rushing defense in the league, and you come out and you don't th- you don't run the ball until the third series of the game. Um, it just – Confusing, man. I thought Auburn had started to find a little bit of offensive identity and say, okay, for us to win, this is what we got to be. And then what I saw against Saturday was kind of something I mentioned last week that I was worried about was that they would come out and try to almost try to do too much against a defense that struggled instead of just forget how bad they've been. Do what you're good at, which is run the ball. And I thought they tried to be cute in some areas. So disappointing, man. I thought all the positive momentum from Georgia was wasted. Now you come back home. And you've got to rebuild confidence now to try to upset Ole Miss um, instead of stacking another good performance and coming into Ole Miss with a bunch of confidence. That's all gone, and you now got to figure out how to game plan and build that confidence back up to try and upset Ole Miss. Um, and so it's just a bad weekend, man, bad weekend, a few steps backwards in my opinion. Yeah, that first offensive drive kind of foreshadowed what was going to happen in that game. Um you know, I think it's a lack of confidence throughout the whole team. It's not just Peyton Thorne. It's everybody. Everybody's got uh, a confidence issue right now. Everybody's nervous. I don't know why they're so tight. Um, but he freezes. 
he freezes tight and nervous. So that's why. I, I mean, that's probably why. The play calling is that way too. They uh, they, they don't do things uh, logically, in my opinion. I said this on the Collins show last night. I don't I don't understand the logic behind like what you said coming out and passing it and not running the ball against the defense who hasn't run the ball who hasn't stopped the run and you've been running the ball really well. Now I get makes sense of that. I don't have an answer for that. Um maybe that's asked in the press conference today. <laughs> we'll see. And, and that's that's just a weird coaching call. I don't understand that part. And we've sat here and we've, you know, criticized Peyton Thorne and and other things with the team. And I come back to going, the last thing you need is a weird coaching game. It is a weird game plan, like a weird take on the game from the coaches. And that's what you got. So now confidence is that is is way too low for what it should be because your record is really what we all expected it to be at this point. Nobody thought you were going to beat those three teams on murder row here on your schedule. I mean, if, if you did, you were, you had wishful thinking, right? It was pretty much going to be losses and that's where you're at. And confidence is lower than it should be. Now I think uh, recruiting and how well you've done with that to this point, set the bar pretty high for you with expectations for fans, and that's why a lot of fans are, like, so let down right now. And I can understand it. With, with what you're seeing offensively, it's, it's it's regression. It's not getting better. So something has to change ma- major. There has to be a major change this week. Yeah, I just um, – <clears throat> I don't know – I don't know what that change would be outside of, you know, Hugh Freeze completely taking over play calling, which we know he's been more involved the last couple of weeks, certainly in the planning of it. Um, but, you know, I don't know really what kind of what kind of major change there would be um, unless Hugh, Hugh Freeze takes the to, takes the play calling over completely. Um, I think that would help. I think that would help. You know, but even the play calling, look, we're we're not on the headset. Um, so when we talk about Hugh Freeze should take over play calling, he, you know, against Georgia, he approved every play on the call sheet. I would assume he did the exact same thing for LSU. Um, you know, he he's he's he can have as much input as he wants right now. Um, so I I don't know. There's a rhythm to it. And, and if you're not doing it full, if you're not doing it all the way, then, then you're then you're probably not doing it. You know, what I mean, there's there's difference in Hugh Freeze could be on the headset, he could have the play sheet, he could be listening to everything, he could be giving his input. But unless you are, unless you are calling every single play, and you know you're going to call every single play for the whole game, um, it's it's not the same. You know, there's a rhythm to play calling. So like, if Freeze needs to do it, he needs to do it. Because you might you're going to call something in the first quarter that you're going to set up in the third, and and all that stuff. And so, that would be a major change. And I kind of hate it for Philip Montgomery because I, from what I can tell, there, there's no reason for me to think Philip Montgomery is doing anything wrong. I, I you know I mean Freeze is right there over his shoulder, approving the plays, approving the plan the last couple weeks. Um, 
So I don't, I think Philip Montgomery's probably getting a little bit of a bad rap here, and I don't know that he deserves it. I mean, Freeze is right there. At any point, Freeze could take this over or whatever. And after a lot of those games, Freeze has said, I, I like the game plan. I thought we had a good game plan. He said it after LSU. I thought we had a good game plan. Um, I just think they're they're lacking they're they're lacking in some talent issues. Let's just be real about that. First of all, the receivers are not good enough. Um, they're just not. Give Peyton Thorn. Look, Brian Kelly said it. And we talked about it on the board, and and it was a big discussion. Give Peyton Thorn, Malik Neighbors, Kyron Lacey, and Brian Thomas Jr. and tell me what kind of criticism you think Peyton Thorn's going to get. Peyton Thorn's not a world beater. I get it. It's fine. He's a pretty good player, though. Give him a couple of NFL receivers, and what do you think happens? 6,000 yards. I mean, <laughs> like, I just – I'm kind of getting tired of the quarterback debate because it's just – it's so surface level. It's the easiest thing to point to. <clears throat> I, look, I watched that game. I was there. I didn't see – not one time during that game did I go, boy, Peyton Thorne is just not – he he was not the standout problem to me. I mean, I, I get that he was 12 of 23, 100 yards. Um, I, I, he wasn't the problem to me. He made a few plays with his legs. Would have had a big first down conversion if not for a hold in the third. What was that? I can't remember when that was, but the game was still – it was still somewhat in, in – It was, you know, it was the, start the start of the third quarter, I believe. I can't remember when that was, but it was, you know, it was like a third and 16. Um, yeah. Like, he made a few plays with his legs. Um, you know, I, I just I just don't see him as the issue, not in that game. A&M was a different game for him. A&M was a game where it looked like he wasn't looking downfield. He got sacked a bunch, and it was a disaster. I didn't see that last night. I mean, LSU wasn't sacking him left and right. It was just, you know, I just don't think every everything he throws, it's like, it's just really contested. And to me, some of that comes down to being able to separate yourself as a receiver. Um, I didn't love some of the shots they took, and Hugh Freeze talked about it after the game. Um, a couple of the sideline one-on-ones they threw, I think they tried to Fairweather, they tried to Nick Marner, they tried to Hooks. Um, yep. He explained, I'm glad Hugh Freeze explained some of those. I wrote about it after the game. I thought, I was like, what? what is Auburn doing? I mean, there's so low percentage throws, and with this offense, you can't afford to just waste plays to me on a on a on a jump ball, one on one down down the sideline, especially on second down. And then you come back, and now now a team that can't convert a third down to save their life faces a third and six. Um, but Hugh Freeze talked about it after the game. He said that's part of the it's part of the RPO read, and they would bring a safety after they hit those few to Camden Brown. Yeah, the they safety. switched the way they were playing the safeties, and so the read was one-on-one. And he's like, that's that's how the play's designed. But, geez, this offense isn't good enough to just take a shot one-on-one down the sideline, like a back shoulder throw on second and six. That is basically every time this offense, that's going to be incomplete, and so you might as well do it. Now you're facing third and six. So I didn't love a, a few of those that, that I think cost some drives. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It, to me, it was it's it's lack of playmakers at receiver that's not going to get fixed. You saw a little bit of Caleb Burton, saw a little bit of Camden Brown, um, but they just don't have the receivers to separate. But again, it goes back to why you're not pounding the football. I just 
I don't get what I watched on Saturday. I really am just thoroughly confused by that because I, I sat there and listened to Hugh Freeze after Georgia say, that's the kind of team we're going to have to be. Shorten the game, run the ball. He said it before LSU, we're going to have to shorten the game. So it's not it's not you and me making up what we think they should be. He's said it. He knows the team they should be, and then you come out against LSU, and it's pass, 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 pass to start the game. <clears throat> and um, it just it, it makes it just doesn't make sense. Um, I don't get it. Just, I want to hit on a couple things you said there. I want to start with those 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 uh, sideline fade back shoulder shots that you're talking about to Hooks, Mardner, and who was the other one? Fairweather. Pretty sure Rivaldo will get, yeah. All right. I hate to be this way, but I do understand football a little bit, and I under, and I know this. Um, you are making it very, very difficult on your quarterback. I don't care who's the quarterback. Make it Robbie Ashford. That's fine. He, he He's going to have a hard time with this, too. You can put uh, Jaden Daniels there. He'll have a hard time with this. They are letting the corner squeeze them into the boundary down the field. Okay, I saw this three times, and it was those three guys. What does that mean? That means there's no space for you to put the ball as the quarterback. Four yards. This is what I learned in college. Four yards. You're supposed to have four yards between you and the sideline to give the quarterback a chance to give you a ball. The corner's taught to close you in. LSU did that all night, and there was no repercussion from the receiver. They're not trying to body them out. That's an, that's like a fundamental issue or something. Now, I, don't, I don't know how to explain that part. And I don't want to go too deep into that. I don't know the reason why they're doing that. So that's a problem. That's a, that's a small detail, but that turns into a, a misplay. I mean, that's small. But you're talking about, a, a, I mean, three plays right there that are just dead. They're dead plays in the game plan because they can't execute it. And everybody's going to blame the quarterback on that, and they still will after I've explained this, and that's fine. But you're wrong. <laughs> it's the receiver's got to give them some room. That's that's like one-on-one stuff. All right. Number two, uh, it, it's it's – Maybe the answer is not Hugh Freeze. Maybe his offense is not going to be better than what Philip Montgomery's doing because I don't think Philip Montgomery's doing a horrible job. I think he schemed up a lot of good plays this year. I thought the game plan this week, whoever came came up with it, was <clears throat> the, the word I used was weird. I just don't understand it. It's I don't even know if I can call it bad. It was just weird. It didn't make sense. Yeah. <clears throat> but – Hugh Freeze calling plays may not be the answer, but I'll tell you what it will do. It will loosen him up a little bit. Because right now he's tight, son, and he's got to loosen up because the whole team plays just like he's acting on the sideline. Tight. And if he's calling plays, at least he'll loosen up a little bit. It may not work. I don't know. I just want, I just want to see him play a little bit looser. I think games will be closer if they play looser. I really do believe that. So let you know, give him the the play calling rank, or let him take it over. I think that might be the answer. Now put that on the board last night, and it ain't against Philip Montgomery. I have no problem with him. But <clears throat> you know, sometimes 
an offensive coordinator like Philip Montgomery knows the things it takes to win a game, whether you can execute them or not. All right? You can't sit there and go, well, we can't execute it. Can't do it. You can't do that with everything. Yes, you take some things out. You move some things around. You say, all right, this one for sure is not going to work. This one might. And it can win us the game. There's a lot of that going on right now because they don't really know what they can execute. And I know that by those three plays you, you pointed out, Rivaldo Fairweather, Nick Marner, and, and uh, Shane Hooks, they're not creating separation in a play that all you have to do is not let the corner push you into the boundary. It's not that hard. It's just a, it's just a small detail that, that they're missing on right now, and then it, it throws the whole thing out of whack. And it is, and Peyton Thorne is never going to be able to complete those throws, nor is any quarterback, because that's not how it's supposed to be. You've got to be perfect as quarterback to make those throws. Perfect. And that's, that's a lot to ask. It's a tough ask. Yeah. And I don't, I can't see all the routes on the TV, even when we're in the press box looking at things. I can't, I can't sit there and look at every route and critique it, but I saw those. And I know that's a problem. So that, there's probably other little problems elsewhere that are causing turmoil within the offense as a whole. And, uh, you know, I just think that needed to be pointed out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <clears throat> no, you're exactly right. I mean, it's it's what, it's what makes them so low percentage. Um, there's just no room to work. Um, you're just asking. You're asking an average receiver to go make a jump ball. It's just, you know. But again, you're, you know, they're 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 supposedly the right call. Supposedly that's exactly what should have happened. And I'm like, well, then it, then there's a problem. Like that that can't be what's happening. Like I understand you saying, well, that's the way the play's designed, but this offense can't can't play like that. They cannot waste plays on 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 a one on one like that. So you got to shift that. I was just looking. Um, Auburn threw the ball. Um, on on first down seven times in the first half, only only twice in the second half. Um, I was looking at how many times they threw the ball on first on the. Uh, so, so seven times they threw the ball in first down in the in the second in the first half alone, which is just too many. Yeah, um, seven first downs. You you came out throwing the football in the first half alone. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is. You know, one of the things that Hugh Freeze talked about was was trying to maybe go up tempo a little bit. Um, he said that's something they've been debating internally. It didn't sound like they're going to do that. Um, you know, because we know the disadvantages to that. I mean, this offense isn't that efficient anyway. So going up tempo might just get you on the sideline quicker. But I don't know, try to piece something together. I, I don't know, run the ball on first down and then try to go tempo, I, you know, even if you only get a yard or two. 
um, they got to figure out something because one of the things he talked about was obviously it, it could it could put your defense back on the field quicker, things like that. Well, look, the defense isn't world beaters right now either. We're all talking about the offense, and, it, and yeah, it's a mess. Um, but that defense for three games now has given up some points and some yards. It's kind of it's starting to look a little bit more like what we thought it would. Um, got a few injuries, but they're not playing a lot of snaps. They're only playing about 60-something snaps. This isn't a thing where Auburn's defense is on the field playing 80 snaps, and that's why they're giving up yards and points. Um, they're, 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 the last three games they're giving up, they've played about 62, 63 snaps a game. Um, I think the turnovers have masked that. They've created some turnovers that have been nice. But um, the, the biggest thing to me is they're just not creating pressure. They cannot create pressure. And it just puts too much pressure on your back end to try to cover. Um, and you can't, you can't create the kind of negative plays you want. And so without the turnovers, they're just kind of helpless if you can't create pressure on top of that. So I think it's killing them not being able to get to the quarterback. They tried to blitz some, but LSU, they didn't get home on a few blitzes. Um, and that's just so risky against Jaden Daniels. I mean, they sat back a few times and Jaden Daniels completed balls. That's just a tough deal where what do you do? You blitz Jaden Daniels, he takes off and runs. It's a tough deal. But now the defense is giving up yards and points too. So I don't really I don't really think you have a ton to lose by trying to go up tempo at times. Um, even if you put your defense in a tougher spot. Um, if you're not going to shorten the game, then do something. Like do one of the two to me. Either say – we're gonna. We're just gonna go tempo. Like we're 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 just gonna do it. Even at times where it maybe doesn't make sense, we're just gonna we're gonna try to do something to give us an advantage on offense. And tempo might do that. Doesn't allow the defensive to to align. Tempo on the in the run game a little bit. We need to do something. Um, or actually decide we're gonna run the ball 68% of the time. Period. We're just gonna be. It's gonna be three yards in a cloud of dust in a spread formation. And and. You know, use Peyton Thorne's legs a little bit, run more zone read stuff, mix in the RPO, but run the ball and commit to it. Commit to it. No more one-on-one fades down the sideline. No, no, no more bubble screens outside that go nowhere that lose two yards. Like commit to actually running the football. Like yeah, the best, thing, the best thing that they had, I think, was was the Robbie Ashford package when, when you're doing the power read and the jet sweep kind of look with Jim Ryan Cobb, and that's that's where they had a lot of success, and they've had a lot of success with it every time they've tried it. Uh, and, you know, in the Georgia game, they did the same stuff that they do with Robbie Ashford with Peyton Thorne, too, and it kept their defense on their toes. So there is a way to use both quarterbacks. I don't know if you should. I, I'm not saying you should, but th- there's – Obviously, the quarterback debate will go on forever because <clears throat> Peyton Thorne's probably going to go back out there and be the starter, if I had to guess. But there is a case for Robbie Ashford. He made a good throw. You know, they gave him one chance to throw the ball, uh, actually throw it downfield, and he made a good one. So what do you do with that? that there's, creates- only, there's only a case for Robbie Ashford if you go and run your offense from last year. Exactly. That's the best case for Robbie Ashford. If you're going to run this offense, he's not the best case. No, probably not. 
And, and the reason for that is because they don't trust him. They haven't given him a chance to run this offense. So they obviously don't trust it. If they're going to go with him, they're going to change it up a lot. And maybe that's for the better. I don't, I don't quite know the answer to that. Um, but bottom line is they do need to run the football more. I don't know why the thought was, hey, defense hasn't stopped the run all year. We're not going to run it this week. That's where I'm confused and I just don't get it and I don't have an explanation for it. Uh, thing about it is I think you, when you get behind like Auburn did so quick, I think even the best play callers get uncharacteristic. And that's that's where you start having problems. And I have this theory that I'm forming right now with the offense and the defense balance. The defense does not have a lot of depth at all. Kay and Lee plays every snap at corner. He's a, he's a freshman. Not that he's bad, but he's a freshman. It's not really ideal. Keldrick Falk played a lot more snaps than I thought he was going to play. He's a freshman. He does some good things, but, I mean, that's, again, you, you try to work these kind of guys in there when they're still learning. Or you're going to give up some big plays at times. It's just part of it. No knock against them talent-wise. Those guys are freaks. They're going to be really good for Auburn. Right now, they need to be worked in the game plan a little bit more, and, and you don't have a choice because that's what your depth uh, determines. So I think the the offensive – and this is just me trying to understand what, what the idea was. I think they believe that – the offense they're trying to run with Peyton Thorne is better for Auburn's defense because they think they can sustain drives longer, even if they don't score points. It's a balancing act. Yeah. I know that doesn't make sense because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me even saying it, but that's what I think they're doing. That's my theory about what the game plan is and why it looks so strange at times. I think they're so worried about this defense and the depth that they know they've got to find a way to at least yeah. stop the drive and get a first down. And they should be. I mean, they should be. The yeah. defense isn't good enough. We know that. The defense isn't good enough. They they played pretty well early in the season, but those were nobodies. You know, they had some moments against Georgia, had some moments against against A&M. But we know they're not. They're not they're not there yet. The thing, the thing I mentioned on the podcast last week about that Georgia game that was in the back of my head was, what if they don't get those two turnovers? What if they don't make those two turnovers against Georgia? What is that? I mean, Auburn gave up 400 yards of offense and 27 points in that game, and created two turnovers, right? Um, and and made like no mistakes, made no penalties. It was always in the back of my head, like, man, that oof, if that's the line, if the margin of error, and we saw against LSU, if the margin of error is you got to be plus two and commit no penalties. <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of a lot to ask to try to go compete. But you're right. Hugh Freeze said it after the game because it's a balancing act with the tempo. Should we run more tempo? But then we got to worry about the defense, and it's a, it, you get it's a team game, and there's no question he, he doesn't want to put that defense in a just horrific position. Yeah, and I think. I think the problem that people are having with it, and the reason why there's such a, a an outpour of emotion with this, and, and people are you know losing their minds over this, 
when you look at the big picture, you go, well, I mean, Auburn's where they're where they're probably were going to be no matter what with this rebuild going on. But I'm I'm with the outrage of the offense because it's 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 not hard it's not easy to comprehend why they're doing some of the things they're doing and why it's so tough and why they make offense look so hard. Uh, but I, I I think they're just they're so worried about certain things. At this point, man, you are you're through murder row of your schedule. I, I I just don't see why you don't let it fly and you just do some of these things that you know you're good at and, and go for it. Hey, you were pretty you were pretty good at tempo earlier in the year. Do it. Just do it. Stop being scared. I mean that that's what that's what the fans want. And sometimes fans don't understand the intricacies of you know what's going on at practice. Hey. You don't know that my defense can't hold up here, but I do, so I got to do this. Or you don't know that that guy can't make the play I'm asking him to do. You think he can. You don't really know. There's a lot of that going on too, but I promise you this. If you continue to play scared, if you continue to call the game scared, you're going to have games that look like LSU. And there's some teams on the schedule that can do that to you. Ole Miss, Alabama, they can do it. So you just can't do it. I think it's more detrimental to play to to call the game that way and and to have your team playing like they're worried all the time. I think that is more detrimental than just letting it, than just you know opening things up and doing what you think you're good at and hoping for the best. I think you make an interesting point. Um, all right, let's continue that conversation real quick. Shout out to GameTime.co. Tickets for this week's game, Auburn Ole Miss, 6 o'clock ESPN. If you need some last-minute tickets, go to GameTime.co, download the app. Um, awesome pricing on games, not just games. They do concerts and comedy events and all kinds of cool stuff. Great partner of On3, great partner of Auburn Live, GameTime.co. If you, if you buy a ticket there, by the way, and you go find tickets somewhere else, they'll also refund you the gap. Um, in, in, in that as well. So if somebody beats their prices, you can get some of that money back if you show them, hey, I bought these, but somewhere else, somebody else hooked me up better. Um, that's a that's a good way to do it. I got people asking me for tickets all the time. Um, I don't know. I don't have them. I just have my credentials, so I can't always hook people up with tickets, but GameTime.co can do just that. So go do that. Go download their app. I started to see more of their commercials, too. I started. I guess it's one of those things where you start noticing commercials after you hear about the company. And then There's you see a commercial and you're like, oh. Name for something like that. Like when you buy a car and you start seeing that car everywhere. It's exactly. It's exactly right. All, all of a sudden I see commercials from GameTime.co. So um, they're clearly uh, making a big push and trying to trying to get rolling and, and do a bunch of good things. So go check them out, GameTime.co. Great place for tickets, um, last-minute tickets and things like that. Um, well, I don't know, Cole. You're going to go listen to Hugh Freeze, and and we'll talk to players this week and all that good stuff. And we'll 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 reconvene in a couple of days and have some more thoughts after Hugh Freeze talks, and we kind of get a little more data. But Saturday was 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 surely a confusing day, and we'll 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 see what they do. I'm not sure what changes they can make at this point. I mean, I just I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see kind of what they try to do. Offensively and defensively, um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you come home, you got an opportunity to play well against Ole Miss. Um, 
it's just it's a shame that maybe you can't have the kind of momentum you wanted going into those last three games or not last three those three winnable games. Of course, as I've been saying all year, those three games are winnable. Yeah, but Arkansas is really close to having wins on the road against LSU and Alabama. Six total points close. Um, even Vanderbilt has a better offense than Auburn right now. Like, you go mess around and that game in Nashville will be tough. So we'll see how they can try to regroup. We'll talk to Hugh Freeze um, and uh, and see what he said after watching the film. That should be a very interesting um, session with the media. Um, he's generally pretty honest, pretty transparent. So we'll see what he says. We'll see what he says. We'll have coverage of that at AuburnLive.com. Um, recruiting coverage, big recruiting weekend on the on the horizon. Yeah, yeah, it should be. Um, yeah, we have a few names that are that are expected to be there that are pretty big and cool. It, you know, I, I think that Hugh Freeze is is in his uh, comfort level when he's got recruits coming. He, I, I think he actually thrives in that environment knowing that he's going to get a chance to make a pitch at recruits and their families. And I actually think that loosens him up a little bit when it comes to the game. And that might be one of the reasons that they play better at home. So my early, early prediction for Ole Miss is that Auburn's going to play better. I mean, they, they can't play any worse. But I do believe offensively, defensively, I think they're going to play more loose and they're going to have a better week. I, I just believe that right now. I could be very wrong. So here's what we're going to do. We're gonna get we we got all the venting out from the LSU game. We got the venting out, um, which is kind of all you can do after that performance. It was so bad. There was not a lot to break down. I mean, it was just a collapse in a lot of different areas. Get the venting out. Go to AuburnLive.com. Read what Hugh Freeze has to say during his Monday Monday press conference. Read the words, um, and then we'll go from there. We'll come back on Wednesday, and and we'll have I think some deeper thoughts on what Freeze said after watching the film, uh, try to analyze that a little bit, think ahead to Ole Miss, um, and what that could look like on Saturday, another 6 p.m. ESPN game. So let's do that. Go to AuburnLive.com, check it out. A lot of football and recruiting coverage this week. They're running a big game special again at AuburnLive.com. I think it's half off for, was it 50% off annual? Um, annual and, and still just a dollar. Right. Join us for a month, see what, how you like it. Of course you will. <laughs> so definitely so it is a big game. It, yeah. So you're like, big game. No, it's a big game. It's a big game for Auburn. When you're 0-3 and you're coming home and you got a team that's in the top 15, uh, it's, it's a big game. I mean, it's, you know, it'd be, a, it'd be a massive one for Auburn to try to win. So go check it out. Big game special, AuburnLive.com. Special shout out to our show sponsor, Session Cocktail, downtown Auburn, right there on Magnolia Avenue. Go Go visit them. Hang out with them on Saturday. Um, or if you live in Auburn, go check them out. Happy hours, four to six. Um, great spot to go have a drink after work, um, unwind, all that good stuff. Session cocktail downtown Auburn. All right, Cole's going to handle Hugh Freeze. I'm going to Birmingham for a Monday morning quarterback luncheon. I'm going to listen to Shannon Terry speak a little bit um, about on three, and he'll probably talk about NIL and all that good stuff. And then we'll talk to players Tuesday. And then we'll be back uh, after that with another with another show this week to sort of recap a lot of that, have a lot, I think, a lot more information and informed opinions um, after listening to a lot of that. Um, try to make sense of what, what just happened and make sense of some stuff moving forward. So appreciate everybody for joining us. Um, subscribe to YouTube. Turn on notifications, please. That will really help as well. All right, for Cole and Justin, I'm out. See ya. 
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.